Welcome, everyone, to the CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for new sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday. Shouldn't have been Wednesday. Should have been Thursday, because Virginia was supposed to play basketball literally in, I don't know, I don't like math, a little while. Um, instead, uh, we are here recording the show, not talking about that game and then preparing for uh, Virginia Tech week, but in, unfortunately, um, you know, 2020, 2020 reached up and bit us. Um, so we will not be talking about that game, obviously, because the Cavaliers currently are pausing team activities because of COVID-19 issues. Um, no information as of yet on how long or how many positives or whatever, but um, for now, at least, uh, the basketball conversation has to <laughs> pause. Uh, before we get started on what we do have to talk about, let's go around and introduce everybody. First, up in uh, Fishersville, David Spence is back on the show. How's it going, my friend? Uh, it's going so good, Brad. It's, it's going so, so good. It's just so great. <laughs> I mean, we should be like 45 minutes away from listening to Dick Vitale, and here I am talking to you dudes. <laughs> 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 uh, so, so some things are better. Who days on the board at who days on Twitter? I I'm personally offended that you would rather listen to Dick Vitale than talk than talk to no, us. I'm saying this is better. I mean personally, <laughs> I would not have had to listen to Dick Vitale, and I'm very. I mean, I'm okay with that. Um, up in Arlington, staff writer Justin Fur, we're also on the program. What's going on, my dude? Yeah, uh, he might still show up though. That's true. <laughs> All the game. He might be there right now. Um, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. Um, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates, the content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, so last night, I'm like mere seconds from going to bed. And I get a text message from Dave. I'm not going to read the text message because it was profane. Um, but essentially, the, you know, the, the game was off. And... The, the timing of it all was weird. Michigan State was already in town. Virginia had already sent out, like, um, like the hype video was already out. They had reached out to me to see if I wanted to have, to, to basically um, confirm that I was going to be there for the William & Mary game on Sunday. So this was not something that, you know, by the time the sun set yesterday was in motion. This obviously happened pretty quickly. Um, then, of course, this afternoon, uh, word came that, you know, the pause was, was coming. So no Michigan State game. They, they did use the word postpone, not cancel. William and Mary game postponed again for the second time. Um, I mean, it's an all-around tough, tough look. I mean, it's tough, right? Um, we're not going to get into, like, guesstimation, right, on, like, what happened and why. Uh, all I know is I reached out to a team source last night and was told that everybody's okay. Um, I, I don't know anything more than that, and frankly, I don't know if it really – helps anybody to know more than that at least as of yet um we'll wait and see how things happen um i guess i just uh, real quick before we move on to the to the meat of of our agenda here this evening which obviously is to talk about the prop bets which are coming down to the wire i'm told um dave i mean i feel like this is something that we've been dodging for months I mean, between, you know, with football and then basketball getting going and playing the games and everybody else seems to be canceling something. And all of Virginia's postponements have been because of somebody else. And finally, Virginia, one of the two revenue sports, had to postpone. Um, is there what, – what, what, what are your emotions? Let's just go, let's just go that route. What, how are you feeling today? Is it just – are you upset? Um, are you resigned to, you know, this is just the reality of the situation? How are you feeling? I mean – 
in December of 2020, if you still get upset by one bad thing happening, you've probably had a really, really crappy year. <laughs> um, no, I mean, <laughs> I think it's just going to be the reality. You know, it's it's different than football. Like, you know, football, Virginia did remarkably well, knock on wood so far, you know, being able to field a, a team each week. But basketball is a different animal. We talked about it at, at nauseum you know, a while back, like, you know, one positive case can wipe out a team pretty quickly and can do it repeatedly if it's just contact tracing because you still got to do it next time if you haven't tested positive. So, yeah, man, my emotions were like, you know, I'd much rather have missed out on, say, St. Francis than Michigan State, but what are you going to do? I think we're going to see this over and over again. And at some point, um, you know, it's unfortunate in Virginia that it, it's the night before a chance to be on the big stage and, and maybe give us as fans a chance to uh, to to see what they really are because you know we've kind of seen a mixed bag so far. And to be honest, like the two good opponents they've had on their schedule have already those games have already been wiped away. So, I mean, disappointment, but yeah, not not that big of a deal. Just move on. It is Tech Week, and the fact that that's not my main focus is already bizarre to start with. Yeah, Ferber Virginia had a game against Florida that was wiped off before things really got going. Um, obviously now Michigan State, you look at the calendar and you think, all right, today's the ninth. That's 10 days away. They're supposed to play Villanova. Feels like that one might be tough, though. The new CDC guidelines could certainly assist in that. Um, what's your – you, you, you usually have a pretty good gut on uh, how things play out, although I guess technically Dave is our coronavirus special correspondent, so – I feel like I maybe should kick this down. Yeah. But what, what do you what do, what do you think? How do you what do you what do you think the next step is for Virginia basketball? Yeah, I mean, obviously today, this afternoon, this evening, or whatever, you know, they kind of made official what we already sort of knew, or what I assumed um, when they announced that the game was off, and that's that they're pausing team activities for a while, which is what a bunch of other teams have done already. Um, so, I mean, I don't know exactly how long that has to go on. As we know, you know, William and Mary. For example, a team that UVA was supposed to play um, Saturday originally, um, they postponed. I can't remember exactly what day it was that they postponed that game. But, I mean, they're back to practice now, I believe. So, I mean, that kind of gives you a time frame of, you know, uh, if you can remember, like, when that game was canceled. I mean, that kind of tells you how long, you know, you can expect them to not be doing anything. Um you know, obviously they're not going to play tonight, and then you know this weekend they'll be open, and then I think yeah, you're right. Their next game is Villanova. Um, that game is going to be pretty. I mean, it's going to have to be pretty close. Um, maybe they could push it back a day, like we saw with William and Mary, if they need to. Um, obviously, a lot of that will come down to what the TV network wants to do, um, because you know Fox has the NFL on Sunday. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that. They're just going to have to pause, and hopefully it's more of an isolated incident than a widespread issue, and that really is the big difference is, you know, is it one person that needs to go into quarantine and everybody else comes out on the right side of it, or is it something that's affecting, you know, more than one guy, you know, for a long period of time, and then, you know, you have some secondary positives that come up later. Um, I mean, that that really will tell the story, um, you know, as far as like on the court impact you know the schedule that we thought UVA was going to play before this season is not what they're going to play and that's not a surprise because we knew that would happen um it just so happens that UVA's like most marquee games have been the ones that have been wiped out you know your your game against Florida your game against Michigan State um I don't think that either of those games will be made up 
Um, I'm almost sure the Florida game won't be made up. And I can't imagine Michigan State's going to be in a big hurry to come back down to Charlottesville to play UVA again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's okay because I think a lot of other teams are going to be in the same position. So you just got to ride it out, and then hopefully they're able to pick up the pieces. I think they could probably get Wayman and Mary back on the schedule since they're only two hours down the road. Um, and, and you just try to go from there. And, and hopefully by the end of the month, you know, you're in a position where you're healthy again and ready to kind of tackle ACC play. It's right around the corner. And then also Good we should mention that Wake Forest was canceled as well. Um, yeah. Which was supposed to be next <laughs> yeah. Wednesday, I believe. Yeah, one week from tonight. For a point of reference, Notre Dame sh- – uh, sorry, William & Mary shut down November 29th, exactly 10 days ago um, from today when they resumed practice. Right. Um, but keep in mind, like, William Mary is not in the ACC, and currently the ACC guidelines still call for 14-day quarantine. Um, if you've been contact traced, they haven't modified them yet, so um, officially modified them. So it could be as well, much as like I said, but... if it's only one player, they could just keep testing everybody while they're paused, and if those guys keep coming back negative, you know, then maybe you can resume. But I'm not really sure how that works. Yeah, I mean, according to what I read last night, if you're within six feet, for more than 15 minutes, your contact traced. It doesn't matter if you tested negative. It's 14 days, you know, maybe 10 if they amend it with the new CDC. Yeah, CDC that's guys. why basketball is so tough. Yeah, so it, ma- it makes basketball almost impossible. Um, now, you, you could argue that maybe Virginia had been not practicing normally given the offensive rebound and the defense from the last couple of games. But um, clearly with Michigan State in town, like, you guess it had to be something that popped up yesterday. They would have given Michigan State a heads up before they flew down. So um, to me, it's just going to be interesting. Like if right now you've got 25% of the ACC shut, you know, on, you know, 25% of the ACC is postponed currently um, in contact tracing, quarantine or whatever. Um, and we're and the other 75% are getting their asses kicked by the <laughs> Yeah. And then the, the rest of them are, might as well be. Um, so to me, it's going to be really interesting what happens over the next week. If you see a couple more schools have to postpone out of conference, whether they all get together and say, hey, are we going to risk getting exposed going to play Villanova in, in New York or, or, you know, or the other teams going, making other trips outside of the conference? Like, is that really worth it or should we look at, you know, going going conference only, taking a break or two, you know, a week or two off and going conference only? Um, I expect those conversations to happen pretty quickly. Well, speaking of conversations that could happen, we, we, we I have a feeling that um, that after this weekend, um, we'll have plenty of time to have those conversations. Um, and that, my friends, is what they call in the business a segue. Um, so before we actually get to the to the Virginia Tech uh, discussion or, you know, depending on how this thing rolls, bashing, um, I want to talk a little bit about just sort of the idea that this is – potentially slash likely uh, Virginia's last game of, of 2020 um, certainly felt, you know, I wrote, I guess was that the three, two, one last week's press conference to my question about it. Like, you know, would you, you know, Bronco didn't, was pretty clear that they didn't want to go back down to Tallahassee. And I said, okay, well, would you want to play another game? And he, his response almost made it seem like, well, of course we do, but that's like too far in the future. And any, you know, we're, we're talking about things that, that literally don't matter right now. Um, but then what a difference a week makes because Monday, I don't want to say he did like a complete 180, but it, it, it certainly was different. Right. And then Joey Blunt's time with, with media members, which I posted video of, this afternoon, you know, he essentially says, listen, you know, 
a lot of guys, myself included, he, you know, said, Hey, maybe it'd be better to, you know, let this be the last game. And then, um, you know, finally have some time to, to go see our families. I, I think that as we, we have this conversation and I'm pretty sure win or lose on Saturday, especially if it's a, um, a win. Well, I could see it both ways actually, but win or lose, like, I think you're going to get a lot of fans who are going to be really kind of like upset about the idea that Virginia is not going to go to a bowl game. How do we feel about the potential for Virginia not going to a bowl game? Uh, Ferber, let's start with you. Do you care? Do you have an opinion? Do you have a strong opinion? Um, what do you think about the op- idea that Virginia is likely not going to play in the postseason this year? I don't have a strong opinion. Like, I don't feel like they definitely shouldn't or definitely should. Um, I, like, again, I mean, I said it on Twitter. It's completely up to the players and coaches, whatever they want to do. Um, but there's some questions that you can ask as well, which are, one, is this costing UVA money or making the money? If it's costing them money, that makes the decision a little easier. If it's making them a lot of money, that may make it a little harder. Um, and then, you know, it's is the is the game in a feasible time, you know, for us to, to practice and play? You know, is it worth going to, um, for example, no offense to Boise, but I can't imagine them getting on a plane and going to Boise to play a bowl game or something like that. Um, you know, all those things are considered. And then obviously, like, assuming that they haven't already decided, which is very possible, um, you know, like how the game goes on Saturday, I'm sure would, would maybe determine what they want to do. But yeah, I mean, I think that this year is weird already. I mean, when we were talking about this in the summer and I kind of had to remind myself of this over the last week or two, you know, I, I said on this podcast, I didn't think there would be any bowl games besides the playoff and maybe some new year six games because I just didn't understand the logistics of it and, and how it would work. Um, so the fact that they're still planning to play bowl games at all is surprising to me. So I just assumed UVA season would end at the end of the regular season anyway. Um, and, and and if they beat Tech, I mean, I don't know that – obviously, like, it's always fun to play in a bowl game. And as, as you know, people that like watching the team, you know, obviously nobody's going to complain about more football if that's what they want to do. But at the same time, like, is there a better way to really to end the season this year than, it, than beating Tech? Like – if you beat Tech, you don't get to go to the Orange Bowl like last year. You know, that's not a carrot at the end of the stick. It's um, like if this happened last year, it would have sucked to not play in a bowl game. And I bet you if they were in the Orange Bowl, they would have played it. Um, but, you know, it's if you go to the Military Bowl and play Navy, like again, like is that really worth it? You know, um, you have to sit around campus for two more weeks and then quarantine and practice, which isn't fun, in the cold, miss Christmas, and then go to play a hypothetical bowl game that might not even happen. So like, I mean, you know, there's a lot, it's certainly, and that's after being quarantined in Charlottesville for half the year. So, I mean, I certainly understand that they might not want to play it. Um, and, and if they don't, I wouldn't be surprised. I think that's completely their call after what they've had to sacrifice just to get us to this point. Before we, Dave, I'm going to come back to you and then I'm, well, first, I'm going to say some stuff, and then I'm going to go back to Dave, and then Ferber. We're going to circle back to you because I want to. I want you to hash out your your Boca Berton bowl um, theory because I actually think if if Virginia is going to go to a bowl game, that's the one that makes the most sense. Here's my thought process, Dave, and you tell me if I'm wrong here. Um, Ferber's point just a second ago about the idea of like if you if you were to beat Tech and qualify for a certain you know a certain level of bowl, that's one thing, but that's not happening this year. I think that is in part um one most of the point 
right? Because Bronco has framed this whole thing all year. Is like the 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 year that the the journey essentially to get all the games in that was the focus, right? Now they wanted to play well, and he certainly has talked a lot about the idea that like once the game starts, nobody cares about anything but the result. But he, it's clear to me as he's talked all season long since way back when before you know guys came back on grounds um for those workouts and stuff it's been clear to me all along that his he thought his central goal was to get them here right to get them to a place where they're playing the games they've played all the games that they're supposed to play and i think maybe if you think about it in terms of weight like the way you would frame it to the kids the idea that the season was in and of itself all that mattered right that's not to say if they had been undefeated and we're looking at the playoff right that's different but what is a bowl game right now in 2020 what is a bowl game it's like ferber said it's more time on campus by yourself in isolation essentially right i mean we've talked it a lot about what these kids are going through in terms of like making this work i mean they're they're you know i don't i don't want to say it's like jail but in a lot of ways like they don't socialize they don't even get to socialize with each other it's not the same as anything remotely close to what they normally experience or what any of us probably experience. Um, it's more time of practicing and getting ready for a game that very well may not happen. There's also the fact that it doesn't matter because it's not like you're going to go and there's all these fun activities and you, you know what I'm saying? Like you do a lot of stuff around the city. Like that stuff's not happening this year, right? You go to insert name a bowl here. What are you doing? You're, you're hanging out at the hotel in isolation from other people because there might be, you know what I'm saying? Like the reality of bowl games in 2020 is that they are extra games without nearly the kind of benefit. Now I can already hear the people and no, you don't need to email me, but Brad, they can play an extra game with their brothers. Dude, they have, they have done more together this year to get themselves to this point and given how banged up they are and how much, I mean, like, I don't think we can, I don't think we on the outside can or should make that call for them like they are you know we talk a lot about like you know compensation and name image likeness and all that stuff but like don't take all that stuff away like if anybody in any time gets to decide whether or not they want to play in a bowl game this is the year and I think it's fairly obvious that the kids um, are leaning towards at least now maybe when we get to Ferber's Boca Raton situation and and such it might be a little different but that's the only scenario I I can see uh, Dave what do you think do you agree with me? Do you, do you, I mean, do you care? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, a, I think that's a legitimate question. <laughs> yeah, like, of course I care. I mean, you want to see them play again, yeah, right? But I, like, do you care if they say no? Like, will you be offended as a fan? No, I mean, I think it did. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think you guys hit everything I would have said. Um, I mean, these guys have been pretty much in a bubble since August. Um, and not to mention, like, not only have they been in a bubble, like they've been punished by other teams not doing what they did multiple times this year. Um, few teams had as many schedule changes as Virginia faced, despite Virginia not having you know, any significant issues on the COVID side. Um, I mean, look at Boston College. They just play. Boston College is done. They played all 11 games. They're finished. Um, you know, they Boston College had a clean mark, but they rarely, I don't think they had a single game rescheduled all year. Um, so, the, you know, you've got kind of the two-sided, you know, the, the two-sided, um, <laughs> emotional component to it you've got i've been doing everything right and virginia has been punished by our opponents not doing it um i mean i'm not saying the season was easy on boston college either because they clearly they did things right too but 
I mean, emotionally, if you're doing things right and you get to play every weekend, that's a lot more reward than showing up in Tallahassee or getting game week against Virginia Tech, what, three months ago and having it taken, you know, pulled back when it wasn't your original opener to start with. Um, it's been a long season, and these are young kids, and you start adding the fatigue factor, and like Justin said, like you know, you're most likely, unless you get the Boca Raton Bowl somehow, you're most likely going to be in quarantine again through Christmas, after you know largely missing Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a lot to ask, and if the kids don't want to do it, I fully support them. If the kids want to do it, I'll watch and. You know, it's all I'm doing is turning the game on. I can't go there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll support him either way. Um, and I think every fan should. If you're upset because they're not playing in a bowl game, then, I mean, what Ohio State's going to the big, pretty much going to be in a playoff after playing, what, six games? So we've been pretty lucky, all things considered, to, to get to watch hopefully 10 games of football. Yeah. Um, all right, so I think – the reason I wanted to talk about that, as I told the guys before we started recording, the reason I want to talk about that before we talk about the tech game is because I actually do think, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, I think that changes the emotional calculus of this whole thing. Um, now, anybody who's listened to this show with any um, <laughs> any sort of regularity over the years, they know two things about me, right? One is I think two things can be true at once, because <laughs> I say that all the time. But the second thing is, is like in this series, I have always thought that Virginia's issues came down to or not necessarily came down to but were in in part driven by the fact that tech wanted this thing more and i know that that sounds nebulous and ridiculous but like i would go to these games and you just the 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 energy that tech would bring to every didn't matter where the game was it you could just it was different right the energy the emotion um it was just different like they approached this thing differently and i always said like until virginia decides to approach this differently this game is going to keep going the way it went I'm not entirely sure that they approached it differently last year, but I do I do think that they handled it differently. Like there was a confidence about them that w- I don't know if it was always there. Certainly had was wasn't there for uh, a bunch of the years that I've I've covered it. Um, and I, so I don't know if they necessarily. I mean, I know Bronco talked. I mean, they they talked a lot about beat tech. Um, that was obviously a big focus for them. But I don't know. I think that they they sort of went in not necessarily thinking they were like going to, you know, shock the world or whatever to, to break the streak. They had a lot of confidence in themselves. This Virginia team, I think, goes in in a similar spot, right? Winners are their last four. Whether you want to take into account that Tech's lost its last four, uh, that, I don't think that changes the, the, the frame here. But um, for me, the idea that this is their last game, I'm curious what that, what that does for their emotional component. Bronco talked Monday, and that was another key to me about, you know, a, kind of a tip – about like the idea that they might not play a game after Saturday. He said, you know, essentially his job is to essentially handle the emotion, right? His job is to try to do his best to, to keep them where they need to be. Right. And I'm curious what you guys think about the impact that not playing in a bowl game has on this specific game. Because to me, I think it's a, I think it's a feature, not a bug. And I'm curious Ferber, let's start with you. Do you think that not playing in the bowl game potentially, and I'm, I would imagine that the kids probably know how they're leaning on that. Do you think that that changes much in terms of the way Virginia goes into this game? Um, maybe with this group a little bit. Um, just because I, I would say no, because I mean, think about all the times that UVA knew it was their last game 
going into it anyway and lost, you know, when they were not going to go to a bowl game. Um, but at the same time with this group, they're a better group. I think, you know, they're just a better team. And you have a lot of seniors on this team that fought tech hard throughout their career um, and don't have that same relationship that you just talked about to tech that a lot of the players of the past might, you know, like they haven't, if you're Charles Snowden, you've never really been out of a game with them, right? Like, I mean, obviously he's not going to play on Saturday, but, you know, freshman or Joey Blunt, let's say, you know, freshman year, you lose 10 nothing at home in a game that, you know, a fumble really was like the big play that shifted that game. Um, then you lose an overtime in a game that you really had, you know, 15 chances to win. And it was more of like a, a shock, you know, like a, a crazy game that didn't go your way than it was like, Obviously, the streak was going, but, you know, it didn't feel like a lot of those other Tech games. Um, and then last year, they won. So, like, you know, you kind of come in with a little bit more confidence. I think that if you know it's your, your end of your season, I mean, you can kind of say, like, let's finish this out strong. We already have the last few weeks. Um, let's put everything into this game. But I think, I mean, honestly, like, last year was sort of like that, too, even though they had um, – they knew they were going to play in the postseason last year, like – you know, they had to win that game to get to the ACC championship game. It was sort of all or nothing. So I think in that case, in, you know, for this season, it's like they've, they've, they're over 500 now and they've done a lot of nice things, but this is really the, it doesn't, I don't want to say like this is their whole season, but it kind of is in terms of like the big goals that they would have in a normal year. Um, and not to, I don't think it's fair to say like if they lose this game that the season was a waste. Um, but, you know, I think that, the opponent makes it a lot easier for them to get up for the last game, regardless of whether or not they're going to play in the postseason. So, um, and did you want me to do the Boca Raton thing now? Oh, I totally to forgot about later? that. Um, all right, let's yeah, let's let's do that now since that's easily yeah. My, I'll, my, I'll do a quick one minute. My math, my um, massive screw up there. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, so. The Boca Raton Bowl is normally not an ACC bowl game. Um, it's usually Conference USA versus AAC, I think. And UCF season is done. They're six and three, um, so they accepted a bid to that bowl on um, Friday, on Monday. And in that release, it said that that game would be played against an ACC team, which is news. Like we did not know that until that happened. So obviously, the ACC probably knew, but we didn't know. Um, so what that means is ESPN is moving some teams into different bowl games. And that game is played against UCF on December 22nd, right? So, I mean, you hear Joey Blunt and guys say, you know, they don't want to miss the holidays, and that's completely understandable. This would be maybe, and, and obviously not an opportunity we even really knew about until the other day, um, this would be an opportunity to play Tech, get in this game, and then have 10 days basically between the end of the Tech game and the bowl game and then you would go home on the 23rd and you would get the entire rest of the holidays at home. So it kind of would be the best of both worlds. Now, with all that said, UVA could still say no. The bowl game could want somebody else. The ACC could want somebody else. Um, all of those things are possible. And also, Bronco mentioned bids going out on the 20th after conference championship games. Obviously, that can't happen for that bowl game because it's on that Tuesday or Wednesday. So they would need to get that bid out this weekend. Um, I would assume after Saturday's games. So we'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, like that is the one, I would call it a real long shot, but that is like one scenario where I could see them maybe changing their mind if they had already decided to to forego a bowl. 
All right, what do you think, Dave? Do you think the emotion of of the of the potential, let's say like this, the potential that Saturday is the last game of the season, do you think that changes the calculus much in terms of their um, energy emotion going into it? I mean, I think it probably helps a lot during the week. Um, I mean, as Justin said, like we've seen plenty of very emotional Virginia teams run into the game against Tech, and a lot of them lost games because of that emotion. Um, so I mean, it, it's a double-edged sword. But I, I think the big thing going for this team is most of the guys were here last year, um, so they've knocked, you know, they've beaten up the bully. Um, they're not as scared about him, and they know what they did. You know, they've got they have a um, <laughs> you know a point of reference for what they what it required for them leading up to the game, what it required during the game. Um, we think about that game, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, we looking back, I think even I, like I remember the, the Bryce Perkins runs and the big plays, but, you know, Tech kind of dominated the middle two quarters of that game. Um, so it's not, like, it's not like they're a terrible team. Uh, I do think the, the counter argument to, you know, Virginia having an advantage with this potentially being their last game of the year is Virginia Tech's pretty, pretty much been in a downward spiral for four weeks. Um, the smoke seems to suggest this is Fuente's last game, regardless of result. Um, four years, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it just seems that, you know, they get they get a chance to, uh, you know, Virginia Tech gets a chance to play for themselves and play for this game too. So it might be easier for them to finally – rally and prepare for a game that it's been the last few weeks so um yeah i uh i mean i think it's an advantage for both teams coming into this week that they probably haven't had in the weeks leading up to to this game um whether it actually matters once the game starts probably not you know it tends to be plays and turnovers that determine those things that's interesting i i don't i guess i'm how do I explain this? I've watched too many of these games where the team that wanted it, not necessarily, I don't want to say wanted it more. I, I'd always think that's a bridge too far. The team that, that brought its own energy, especially in a situation like this where the, the, there's not going to be any crowd, right? So, you know, if you're tech, you're, you're, you're worried that, oh man, like we're not going to have the normal boost we have emotionally and, and in terms of energy in the building. If you're UVA, you don't have the there's a there's there's some fun of being the team that people are booing. You know, there there's some fun in that if you can sort of embrace it. Um I don't know, man. I just watched a lot of these games and it just seemed to, it's not even like just, you know, in pregame. I mean, even during the game, you can see it. It's it's a it, you know, it's a, I think it's one of the reasons why Broncos always talk about like the fourth side. I mean, we kind of joke about that, but yeah. you know, that that energy piece I think is important. And I wonder if, you know, in this one because I think Virginia you know, I think those guys are going to be pretty clear of, of what this might be for them. Um, I don't know. I just kind of, I don't know. I kind of lean towards it. Maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe I, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I know what you're talking about. Like, you know, we, we've watched the game. You know, Virginia seems like there's been a few, a few years where Virginia just looked like they were going through the motions out there and techs out there, like being a bully, you know, um, running around, making and having plays, fun doing a little it, bit. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I also remember the London years, especially early London years, where Virginia was fired up, thinking this was their chance, and they got out there over, you know, almost fake energy, if you will, and were, you know, getting taunting penalties, getting flags, late hits that cost them the game. So there is a kind of a fine balance point there with, you know, is it energy for the sake of energy, or is it energy that's leading you to prepare properly to win the game? Um, 
I, I feel confident this team will get that kind of energy for it because it, it's pretty much, the, you know, they've played some games this year, but you know, other than the Carolina game, it's not one, you know, not a traditional rival or um, in the last several weeks for sure. You know, not, not a game they're used to playing or, or have some history with until this one. So, yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that UVA this year and last year has got going for them is they can match Tech's physicality, and they hadn't been able to do that in the past. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a lot of variables, but we'll, we'll see on Saturday, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I think part of what, you know, we've seen in the past, and I think, Brad, you did hit on something that's real. Like, you watch the game and you're like, man, like, Tech wants this one, and UVA seems like they're kind of, you know, we haven't seen this recently, but, like, they're on the back foot. And I think part of that is, and I've said this on the podcast before, there, there are certainly exceptions where the teams have been close, but until the last couple of years, UVA has been the worst team of the two, like, you know, during the streak. I mean, is there one year in there where UVA was better than them and lost until two years ago in Blacksburg? Um, at best, they were even. Yeah, and that, what that game wasn't even close. No, I mean, that was like... Yeah. No, no, 05, 07. 07, I was going to say 07. Yeah, 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 in Charlottesville. The one that, yeah, and Tech went to the Orange Bowl that year. I mean, yeah. so they weren't bad. Um, no, they were good. Just Yeah. It, so, I mean, like that, and, and that's what I mean. Even at, at best, they were even. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, it, there was the the Bowl Bowl that me and Brad got to go down to. Um, the one that whoever won made a bowl. Um, you know, those teams were about even. But that's, you know, and they were in Blacksburg. So, I think part of what you see is, you know, UVA comes out with that energy when on these bad teams that they've had, and 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 Tech brings theirs, and Tech's better than them, and then Tech kicks them in the mouth, and then they lose that energy. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Because they're like, and they they're so trained for like bad things to happen to them that that's it. Kind of they reverted back to that. But I think this team and the teams that we've seen in the last few years against Tech are different. You think about even the game they lost two years ago in overtime, they were down fourteen nothing at halftime. Um, and then I think it was like 24 to seven or something, um, or 20, 24, 10. I forget what the score was. Um, and, and they had every, you know, I want, I don't want to say reason to give up, but like, it seemed like it wasn't going to go their way. And tech was playing really hard and they really seemed to want it after they had played like crap for a few weeks. Um, and they had the block punt touchdown. And then UVA came out in the second half and was like, okay. And they just executed and played really well and scored 31 points in the second half. Um, so they were able to shake off those those things. Um, and then last year, same thing. They played really well early. Then Tech took the game over. And then UVA played really well down the stretch. And I think that's why last year's game felt different. And the year before is in the second half, the two teams were just going at it on the field. It wasn't about emotion. It was just good play. Um, and, and UVA act, you know, like went out and executed those plays. And it didn't feel so tight because it was like, oh, they're just going to keep making plays. I think for me, as I look back on sort of where this rivalry was up until last year, there were definitely these times where Virginia had an opportunity and then ultimately Tech would slam the door. Some ways emphatically, sometimes you know the opportunity was really short-lived and sometimes it came later in the game. The difference with last year was I thought Virginia executed at a, at a higher level. And the moment when all seemed lost, right, um, you know, we, we'd seen enough of those Tech games, right, over the years. Like Virginia just kept playing. Like there was no, and it wasn't necessarily that other teams quit. It was that it was like their level of execution would slide as their confidence waned, which is human. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I, I'm certainly not going out there in front of however many thousand people and executing 
perfectly. I'm not going to throw stones. But in terms of like what it would take to win the game, I think that's what it took to win that game. Um, as we look at this matchup, if you put any other team in those jerseys, okay, with that personnel, with the season they've had, okay, I would not have any problem picking Virginia to win this game by like two touchdowns. Now, I understand that I am probably more uh, bearish on Tech's chances here than you two are, okay? I, I watch Tech and I see a train wreck. I see a team that can't get out of its own way, that has no idea how to utilize the weapons that it has, um, that continually does all of the things that Virginia Tech historically has not done. Um, sure, you know, they make some plays here and there, but realistically, when you lean on them, they fall. I'm curious to get sort of your, before we get into sort of the preview portion of the, of the show, Dave, let's start with you. Am I crazy for thinking that if you put anybody else in those jerseys, like if this was Georgia Tech and they just had on, you know, Georgia Tech colors and the song was different and, you know, whatever, you're playing in Atlanta instead of Blacksburg, um, I, I, I would not be in any way, shape, or form stressed at all about saying UVA is going to win this thing by 10 points. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I see some truth to that. Like, um, I mean, I'm more worried about this game than I was about Carolina, <laughs> which is bizarre because, I mean, I, there's more to lose, right? I mean, that that's what it boils down to. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, Tech's, Tech's a weird team. When you when they're playing good, they're really, really good. But when they're bad, they're terrible. Um, and that usually points to the to the man at the top of the program and, and leadership that tr- trickles down from him. Um, but, you know, no doubt, like, Khalil Herbert will, will be the second most talented running back we've faced this year. Um, no offense to the Carolina boys. Um, and, you know, I mean, I saw some people say, is asking if he's better in ETN. And, like, he's not from a production standpoint. But this year, like, it's pretty close when, when Herbert's healthy. Like, he's a special running back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Tech's got, Tech's got issues. They, they've got some very good players. They, their depth isn't quite where it needs to be scheme wise. Like, I don't know what they are. Um, you know, we, we joke about, you know, always joke about Dr. Bob when, when things aren't going well and just being a, the offense being a bunch of sentences that don't make a paragraph. That's kind of what tech has been in the last four weeks. Um, you know, early against Clemson, they, they looked like they were kind of committed to the ball control and they looked pretty good. But as soon as they had one bad thing happen, it all kind of unraveled quickly um, and and ugly. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, if it wasn't tech, I'd be a lot more confident than. I mean, I'm still pretty confident, but if it wasn't Virginia Tech, I'd be a lot more confident. What about you, Ferber? What do you think? Um, my my one hesitancy to that is that the computer numbers still like them, and I think part of that is because those numbers don't really take into account recency bias um they look at the whole body of work and don't care that they've lost four games in a row that's not really how i look at it i mean i think that you certainly have to factor that in that they played much better at the beginning part of the season and have had a drop off um i think dave you really hit on a lot of the the big things i think depth has been not where it normally is for them um you think about wide receiver last year right i mean you have Trey Turner, who's a dynamic player, and he's still on the team, though he is banged up um, and hasn't played the last couple weeks. Uh, or he, I think he left the pit game hurt, um, but didn't play against Clemson. Um, 
So you got him, and then last year you had Hazelton, who you don't have this year. And then the guys that are, you know, like down the line from him are just not as good. Um, you know, you have some other players in, in key positions that are good, but their offensive line has had some issues with injuries and and guys, you know, like and then they've had some opt outs on defense and their defensive coordinators changed. Um, and you know, like that's the one thing in my statistical view of the team, you know, not just what I've seen watching their games, their defense is, is worse statistically than I would have thought. Um, and I wasn't expecting them to be great, but I mean, they average, they allow 34 points a game. I mean, that's not good. They allow five yards a carry. Um, you know, so I mean like that sort of stuff, they're, they're allowing opponents to convert 40% of their third downs. Like that sort of stuff is not good. Um, and Virginia is a type of team that can really take advantage of those weaknesses with their sort of diversity on offense, you know, with a running quarterback, a second running quarterback, um, and then, you know, a bunch of wide receivers who can do different things. Um, and then UVA also is playing better right now. I don't know if I would necessarily be like 100% slam dunk. UVA is going to blow them out if it was a different team. Um, but, I mean, you have to take into account as well. I mean, they were right there with Clemson for half. So it's not like they just got wiped off the field in that game um, until late. So, I mean, you know, their form is not good. They have enough talent to win this game. Um, but, like in 2018, I think UVA is going to have to find a way to... Um, I don't want to say UVA is going to have to lose the game to not win, but I think that they're going to have to take advantage of UVA's mistakes at a level that UVA fails to do the same with them. Um, and the one other thing I'll point to is their quarterback play. Like, I know that I just forgot to mention that. Like... They've been cold. they've had yeah I mean Hooker has oh been God. sort of um, you did not in and out that. of the lineup <laughs> yeah and Hooker has been in and out of the lineup uh, cold whatever Stop. um yeah um hopefully he's fine I mean I guess he is but um but not just him I mean like Burmeister has been hurt and then he came back and and, and didn't play very much in that game the other day and then you know behind him it's Quinton. See, Patterson's gone. You know, you have basically like a a third string quarterback. So, I mean, I'm assuming Hooker's going to play, and he's fine. Um, but his yeah. numbers, I mean, they aren't. They didn't reach the level that people thought he was going to hit after last year. Last year, he threw for 13 touchdowns and two picks, and wasn't even the starter from you know most of those games or half those games. This year, he's played eight games. He's got nine touchdowns and five picks, 1,300 yards. And both um, those picks happened in the Virginia game, right? He had none coming into yeah, that game. Yeah, he didn't have any coming into that game. Yeah. Um, he had the one Hail Mary and then the Noah yep. Taylor one at the end. Um, both were Noah Taylor, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, like if you look at their passing game, they, their season high in passing yards is 278, and that was like a bunch of big plays against Pitt when they were getting blown out. You know, you look 202 against Clemson, 202 against Miami, 217, 183, 111 against Boston College. So, I mean, like UVA's defense is – prone to giving up big passing plays we saw that last week um so this could be an opportunity for tech to to have a passing game they haven't had recently against a banged up uva defense or maybe uva's defense survives this game because tech can't throw the ball yeah so, couple, quick, just one quick thing go ahead Dave. <laughs> justin brought up the computers really liking tech and it's something i was looking at earlier today like um Looking at S&P and, you know, just the ESPN FPI, Virginia Tech has been favored by the computer to win every game except Clemson this year by ESPN. Post-game, right? No, pre-game. 
Okay. Like leading into the game, and then lot, they've had like three or four games post game win probability. And yeah, see, that's why the computers, won. the computers, a yeah. lot of times will be higher on teams because like the computers say they should have won this game by four, and they lost yeah. by ten because of like fluke turnovers. Sometimes it's not fluky though. Sometimes teams are just bad at closing out games, right? Yeah, and if you look at like what where the computers were after the first week of games that we played, um, like it. Tech should be have one loss right now, and we should have two wins. So it's very two teams that are very different than the computers thought they'd be entering the season. But yeah, I can't quite figure out what I got to get in the formulas to figure out what they're seeing from that tech team numbers wise. I, I guess think it's, it's just like rushing, rushing efficiency. Yeah. yeah, it's like they they destroyed teams on the ground in the first half of the season and like really ran up their efficiency numbers. And I think that they just haven't come down as far as like what we're seeing with our eyes. Yeah. And then exactly. like you lose to Liberty, that's a bad loss, but Liberty in the computer numbers is pretty high. So it's like, you know, that doesn't look so bad. Um, yeah. And they lost to Miami about one, you know, the pit game is the big outlier, you know, other than losing to Liberty pit just, which is, and it's hilarious because them, this know? is exactly what happened last time UVA went down there. UVA yep. was playing much better than tech and tech had just been blown out by pit in a game that everybody was like, what the hell just happened there? Um, yeah. you know, and it's, it just makes you wonder like what goes on in that rivalry. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, like two weeks before they played UVA last time, they lost twenty-two to fifty-two to Pitt. <laughs> so yeah, two weeks though. This is I, look. I think this is comment worthy. Speaking of um, timing and everything, right? So I wonder. And again, I, I, I realize that tonight, I'm apparently, I'm going to be carrying the flag for all of the non, like the intangibles, right? Um, but like, they just they just got up for Clemson. We're in that game for a little while, and then Clemson lowered the boom on them, right? There's going to be some emotional um, – what's the word? Some some emotional debt that has to be paid to in that respect, right? Like, I see a team – I watched that game, and I – or I guess – what time did I get back? I, I've, I felt – I listened to some of it on the radio, but I saw a team – what I saw was a team that wanted to believe, they gave itself a chance to believe a little bit, and then suddenly forgot. Right, like they stopped believing as soon as the thing turned, and they never really were able to get that thing back right. And I'm not sure what happened with Hendon Hooker at the end of the game, but it certainly felt to me like at the end of that game, Tech did not look like a team, did not look like the kind of team that I have been come accustomed to seeing them be. Right, I, I you know, you you get up for a big opponent like Clemson, you lose, you got to get it rack right and get ready for. What is arguably, I think, I think it's safe to say that all of the pressure in this game is going to be on Tech. I mean, I think that, you know, given where they are in their season, given the streak, going to the postseason and stuff, I mean, they have to win this game to give themselves, I think, a chance, right? Isn't that the way that the, the thing worked is that they changed the, the rules you have to have? Um, correct, give me, help me out here. I'm floundering. What's the, what's the bowl situation? <laughs> they, can they, just, they can't just take anybody, right? Like if you were like two and whatever, you can't go to a bowl, right? But what's the what's well? It? I think I think this year they might have to make some exceptions because of the lack of teams and the lack of games. Like they're gonna have to do things they wouldn't normally do. But it's my understanding from the great Joe Giglio, shout out to Kia Clark, um, that, <laughs> that number zero that that the ACC still won't take a four win team over a six win team or a five win team over a seven win team. But they might have to amend those rules. And then obviously, if UVA drops out, that's one more spot for them. Um, 
and this is all assuming they lose. If they win, they're right there where they need to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think they're in a similar position where if they lose this game, like that's something, I mean, that's another, you talk about all the intangibles. I mean, their coach, this could be it for him. Like, like for real, like when's the last time UVA has ever been in a position like that against tech, barring the Beamer retirement. Um, like, you know, the, the, he could legit get fired, <laughs> like, on Sunday if they lose this game. Well, it won't be Sunday because his buyout goes down by $2.5 million on, like, Wednesday or something. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a huge factor in this game. Like, do the players want to get up for him and try to save his job or, like, do one for him? Or do they not – or do they go completely the opposite way? Um, there's probably some Tech fans that hope they lose just so they get rid of him, you know? Um Oh yeah, they're on Twitter. You can find them. They're they're very vocal. Um, I'm I'm sure plenty plenty of UVA fans enjoy the whole uh, you know after tech plays you know doing the the, the Twitter search. Um, but yeah, so I think if they lose, I mean just to save the the short too long didn't read version. I think if they go four and seven and they're about to fire their coach, I don't see them playing in a bowl game. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but I mean, obviously they keep their they they can keep their bowl streak alive if they really want to. But I I, I mean like you're really like stretching that bowl streak. Like, you know, if that's what, like, that if what they run mean? an infographic yeah. with the, with the bowl streak extended, people will laugh them off of the internet. Yeah, true. What were we going to say, Dave? Correct me if I'm, wrong, if I'm wrong, but didn't they announce, or didn't the Fuente hire leak during our game against yeah, them? It sure did. did. It did. That I was one his of firing will leak surreal. during our game. With <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the most surreal things that's ever happened. And like, I forget what reporter reported it. Brett McMurphy or somebody. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was out there. And it or Bruce felt. It was like the second we quarter the too. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was like right early. In, yeah. It was like right in the middle of the game. And I remember all the tech beat writers were in the outdoor press box. The tech SID is like right behind us. And they're going up to him, literally asking for like a comment on the record. Yeah, that um, was that was kind of surreal. It was on the bottom of the screen. It yeah. was like on the screen with the game. Um, and then he, was, of course, was like, "No comment." <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> oh man. But that deal, we knew that was going to happen. Like right before kickoff, it sounded like it was moving in that direction. Yeah, I didn't expect um, it to be like whatever it was, uh, into the first quarter, second quarter, whenever. Yeah, I didn't I, expect I, it to be that fast. I, I think what <laughs> happened was I think they were trying to wait because Memphis was playing or played the night before or something, and. And Tech was obviously playing, and somebody just leaked it out. Somebody, somebody yeah, told somebody told the it. wrong person, and next thing you know, it's out there. Like right. they were probably going to announce it like right after the game ended. Um, but it should have been a warning sign, I guess. But yeah, I mean, do you guys think this is it for him? If he obviously like win or lose, um, my sources say yes. <laughs> I th- I think if they lose, he's definitely gone. I think I think he's gone either way. Um, wow. And I mean, yeah, I, I really don't think that's a stretch. I mean, if yeah. they're going to base keeping him on this one game, that seems really dumb. Unless <laughs> yeah. a lot of people who usually have a little information are completely wrong, he's he's gone either way. Well, here's the thing, and I've been trying to I've been trying to explain this to people. Like, just because budgets are tight does not mean donors won't make something happen, right? Like, if they come up with the money, that's what it takes, right? Like, yes, there are some ancillary costs involved, but I mean. Dude, if if you think for a second that the administration at Tech is going to de- is going to to decline accepting X number of million dollars to get rid of a coach and then hire a new coach um, and alienate those people at this specific time, you are out of your mind. Like of all yeah. the times, for not donors- to mention like we they are. I, I can guarantee you this, like. I feel absolutely 100% confident saying this on the record, which you know I don't like to do. Um, 
they it's not going to work with him. It's you know what I no, mean? No, it's, like, it's absolutely if, not. Even if they win this game and he stays, eventually they will fire him. Eventually the, the dumpster will light job. itself. Yeah, exactly. Right. There will it be is flames. like a fact. Yes. We're, this is the situation we were in with Mike London, to be honest with you. Exactly. I, mean, yeah. I completely agree. Obviously, his win-loss record was much worse than right. Fuente's was, right. but he inherited a completely different program. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that um, – it's a situation where, like, when London was announced that he was going to stay in 2014, we all knew it wasn't going to turn the corner. Like, we, we thought, hey, maybe next year they go to a bowl game and he can buy himself another year after that. But, like, we all knew deep down it wasn't going to work. Like, I mean, yeah. And that's the situation that they're in. Absolutely. So it's like, what's the point of, like, delaying it a year unless you absolutely can't afford it? <laughs> and not to mention. Yeah, I mean, the only reason to delay it is for the optics, right? Right. Like, right. It's, yeah. it's really bad having laid off eight athletic staff and, it does and everything else. Bad. But. Like I think I'm looking at that, thinking as a Virginia fan at the optics. But you know, and no, no offense to Tech, because God knows I don't like to offend Tech. Um, <laughs> like football, football is their athletics department. So if they lose some major donors to football because they don't make a decision, um, then like what matter? Like it, does it really matter if if they make this decision and they have to take away a little bit of money from the other sports, which? don't have big donors there like it's just a different animal you know it's a football school first virginia is more of a yeah i mean i like to think of virginia as a well-rounded athletic department um you know not just a basketball school now the football is better so just different you know it's you've got to have a good football program there and like you know virginia fans didn't like mike london because (laughs) you know because of losing like and to much different levels in fuente but you know, you also have to remember yeah. where Fuente was sitting last January. Like he's interviewing with Baylor, so yeah, that's he, he already thing, lost yeah. their trust. And you're right. Then and all this stuff. Mike London was like liked, you know, like people didn't want to fire him, you know. Yeah. But Fuente, I don't think that that exists, except for maybe the athletic director who hired him, um, who is now hired yeah, I mean, a basketball coach who was a good hire and left, and then a football coach who is going to get fired. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. And and a basketball coach seems to be doing a pretty good job. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think that's a bizarre sort of thing going into this game because I mean you know the players are thinking about it. Like they are. But yeah, and it, you know, I mean I was gonna save her for my, my prediction, but um I mean obviously what to me like the most important thing for Virginia to do in this game is to not necessarily come out like on fire and, and run it down their throats, but I think Virginia needs to be ready for some emotion from tech early not make mistakes even if they just punt a couple times because tech's flying around or playing above what they've been playing they just need to play clean football um survive that early rush and then kind of punch them counter punch or punch them in the mouth early because i think if you can get them down a score or two and they have any negative place from that point forward they're just gonna unravel um It's not like we know that from experience right <laughs> like the, the, well, yeah, the, I mean, the team that, with that, issues tends to tends to yeah, yeah, you just described exactly what I said before about UVA. It's like if yeah. you know with that team, it's like a wounded animal, and if you hit them one more time, they might not get up. Like, yeah. Um, and then also, Tech has a tendency to do this. Like, you look at the scores of their games. You know, they play games tight, and then they get their asses kicked. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like there's like two different things that happened. Um, it is. So either one of those results is on the table, as long as well as a win for them. I mean, that's 
the, the one thing I think that's going to be good for the players and the, all of us mentally going into this weekend is that we saw what happened in 2018. Like, we all thought that UVA was going to go down there and win based on how they were playing. Tech had lost four games in a row, all of them by 10-plus. Um, I'm looking at it now. They got blown out by Georgia Tech. They got blown out by Boston College. They got blown out by Pitt, and they got blown out by Miami. Um, and they were about to miss a bowl game, and UVA was playing pretty well um, and, and and definitely seemed like the better team. And, and UVA went down there and was down 14 nothing at halftime. You know, So it's like at least now going in, they're not going to – they can't say that they weren't ready for that sort of thing this time. I want to back. I want to back up a step. So we're talking about Fuente, right? And the and the. I mean, I I do think that this stuff permeates. I mean, I, I don't think that. I don't think you could say like, oh, the kids in the locker room wanting fired. I don't. I don't think that's it. I, I think it's very clear that whatever whatever issues were happening there happened there almost immediately upon entry. Right. It's hard to replace a legend, and. Whether Virginia fans like it or not, Frank Beamer's a legend in in for that program and that's you know that city to those fans, right? Replacing him yeah, is always got his son in the SEC job. We 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 we've been we've been very vocal over the last few years that the idea that like you were kind of moving forward, but you kind of weren't. You know, the whole situation was just poisoned from the start, right? And I think that that kind of came to fruition, right? Um, I still think, though, that the similarities with London are even more fascinating, right? So not only do you have the piece where, you know, you have this sort of almost like a lame duck sort of feel to it, right? That essentially it's all about the money, that if the money wasn't an object, you know, dot, dot, dot. But then you also have this whole thing where UVA's administration came in and essentially handed him new coaches, right? Does anybody, maybe, maybe Justin Fuente in his heart of hearts thought, this is what I want to do now that Bud is retired. I find that incredibly hard to believe that that he that, that he went the route he went on his own. I just find that really hard to believe. Um, I think a zero chance he did that. Like it might, I might be I might be wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'll say I'm you know stand here in my wrongness. I'm just saying like it was more of the same, right? And I think part of the problem there was that they were like, hey, we're not going to spend money for like Barry Odom. Exactly. Like, exactly. you're about to get fired, so we're not going to give you a $2 million exactly. defensive coordinator. So I think that that, <laughs> that, that that is an extension of everything that happened before, and it's an ex- and it's and it's a precursor to everything that's happened since. Yeah. So when when you get into the COVID situation, right, I, did any – I mean, you know, Bronco and them have not said like, hey, um, you know, Noah Taylor and Jameer Carter are out because of contract tracing, right? They say – you know, Virginia's going to be without six student athletes tonight. And you, you know, you kind of hear it from the grapevine, like, up, oh, this is, you know, who they are. But they've at least been transparent enough about testing and transparent about who's been out. And they've been consistent about that, right? Excuse me, about the number of guys who are out. I mean, for a long time there, there was this whole thing, you know, with tech and the whole, like, you know, did they let the guys go to Myrtle Beach? I mean, who knows, you know, like, and his reaction to all of that, his reaction to the, to, t- to interviewing for the other job, like, all of it was just, it, it put it to you like this. It did not give you confidence, right? And so as I look at this game, Virginia goes in, I think, as the team who probably has the emotional edge, who's playing better. I think Tech comes in as a team off of that Clemson loss that probably is the most emotionally spent, that the pressure is on them. Um, yes, they have a really good running game. Um, for some reason, they're not able to kind of do as much with it right now. And maybe they come out Saturday night and they, they run through UVA like a hot knife through butter. Right. But the one thing Virginia's done 
pretty consistently, regardless of personnel, seems to have been playing the run pretty well. Now, I understand the Boston College did not have the Bailey kid, and I understand that you know they're a little bit of a different animal without without him, without their normal starting quarterback and everything. But like, they were solid against the run, even with their depth along the defensive front depleted as as much as it was. I'm not saying that Tech's not going to run the ball with some success. I'm just saying that like, if their whole offensive game plan is around them having to have that much success on offense on the ground, that's going to be tough for them. Because um, I think if you can't throw the ball and throw the ball well against Virginia, you're going to struggle. Um, conversely, I kind of feel like this two-headed monster that like, you know Ferber broke down in the film room, I think that's almost perfect for what is going to have success against this defense. Yeah, they're going to have to make some throws, but realistically – I don't, can't believe I'm about to say this. Dr. Bob's given me a lot of confidence lately. Like, he's he's thrown some really good games lately. I mean, I think his play – I mean, you know, that whatever happened at the end Somebody of the, isolate this audience. Right. Yeah, <laughs> take this take this and play it back for me. No, I'm serious. Like, like there was some good stuff in that Boston College game. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 go, I go into this game as, we, as we're about to talk predictions, and I'm like – if the, if, like I said before, if there was anybody else in those jerseys, I would not have, I would not even think twice about picking Virginia to win this game by ten points. Um, I understand that, like what the numbers say. I understand what the computers say. You know, um, I just, I don't know, man. I'm just, that's just where I am. Let's 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 do the predictions. Dave, you want to start? Because we can get yours. You know, your one hundred percent out of the way. Um, <laughs> in the preseason, Dave, you had this game, though we thought it was going to be the opener. Um, 24 sorry 2321 yep um back when we used to do the percentages you had, gave UVA a 55% chance of winning it um i we know the results not going to change you know but how they get there mike what <laughs> what how are you feeling now um look like I man i think virginia tech's going to put up a fight um seems like virginia's going to have taylor back have carter back obviously they're still going to be without the, the guys are out for injury or we've opted it out. Um, but, you know, I was encouraged by what the defense showed without Taylor and Carter last week. So those players, those guys got some meaningful reps. I think that helps this week. Um, obviously, the back end of our defense continues to be an issue, which in this game might be a blessing and a curse. Like, I mean, it makes it easier for Tech to pass, but I think Fuente's a guy who prefers to pass. And, I'd rather than pass. Like I know Virginia's run defense is good, but Virginia's run defense is, is better when the quarterback isn't part of that or is the only part of that. Um, not when they have a tandem, um, you know, hooker and, and Burmeister and whatever other quarterback they might roll out aren't super strong runners, but they're effective enough when you pair them with Herbert or Blackshear. So, um, like, I mean, I think Tech's offense is going to score. I think both teams are going to score. Um, a bunch of points. It might be one of the higher scoring games we've seen in a while. Um, not going to predict a super high scoring game because I, I just can't. But you know, I think Virginia's going to win it. I think it'll be. I'm hoping it's just a no doubter. Like I want to watch a game where I'm in, you know, a tech game where I have no doubt it's the outcome very early. Um, but I, yeah, I think it'll be close. Like we've seen from Tech, I think it'll be close through two and a half, three quarters, and then. Um, I look for Virginia just to keep pounding and, you know, tech to get frustrated and kind of unravel. So I'm going to go up on the prediction. I'm going to, I'm going to have Virginia scoring 38 points in Blacksburg um, and beating tech 38 to 30. 
38 to 30. All right, Ferber, in the uh, preseason, you had well, the preseason before we thought this when they thought this game was going to be the opener. You had Virginia winning at 24, sorry, Tech winning it 24-17. What do you think now? Yeah, I think uh my confidence in Virginia Tech was misplaced. <laughs> I thought they were going to be much better this year. Uh, honestly, though, if this game had been played at the beginning of the season, I don't know what would have happened because UVA was kind of like finding their footing and Tech was playing really well despite having a bunch of guys out. Um, but, yeah, I think that Dave hit on some good things. I think there is a recipe for Tech to win this game, and, and Dave kind of hit it. Um, quarterback runs. I mean, you saw what happened – for UVA against uh, Malik Cunningham. I mean, he torched them. And Hooker's not a great runner, but he's had some prolific running games this season. I mean, you look at what he's been able to do on a game-by-game basis. It's not always great, but, I mean, I think he had like 180 yards in one game rushing. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's that's definitely something. Or yeah, 164 against Boston College. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's something that they're going to have to be worried about. And Tech's quarterback play isn't, perfect but they don't have to be perfect against uva passing wise because all they really need to do is hit like a few big plays um and that might be enough having said all that i think that uva's offense is going to be tough to stop um they're playing really well right now um they have a recipe for success that isn't as risk reward as some that we've seen in the past i think i mean it's going to come down to brendan armstrong making the brendan armstrong plays that we've seen him make consistently um over the last half of the season, I mean, the middle intermediate throws, he killed it last week against Boston College. Um, the tight end should be important. Hopefully Davis is back healthy, ready to go. Um, he's going to be a huge part of this game. Um, Billy Kemp played well in the game last year, so I think he could be end up being a big part of this game. So I think UVA ends up doing enough on offense to overcome some lapses on defense. Um, and I think that come next week, I will be the – Virginia Cavalier fans, most famous or most popular Justin F. Um, wow. UV, UVA wins 35-28. Um, yeah, that was a really poorly executed joke by me. No, I thought it was I thought it was really well done. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't typically save myself this, last. For... This Commonwealth's only big enough for one of us. <laughs> Any Justin Fs, um, feel free to add to Ferber on Twitter. Um, I don't normally leave myself to be the last one to, to speak. Um on uh on tech but here we are um don't 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 pull up the old episodes and show me i'm wrong so in the preseason i had virginia win this thing 31 17 and i'm very inclined to stick with it um i realize that like i'm an outlier and that's fine you know i'm good with that um you know i um i've one time for completely forgot that um sam Howe didn't go to florida state um you know some mistakes happen um but you went to florida state and lost this year though <laughs> that's true um i don't know man i i i'm not saying virginia's gonna roll into blackburg and smash them like i don't think that they're gonna all of a sudden do to virginia what virginia tech did to virginia all those years but i don't have i don't know i'm i'm not i, I guess i'm just saying if 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 virginia loses this game it's gonna be because tech all of a sudden put it together in ways that they just simply haven't for a while and if that's not a surprise to you that says i think that says a lot um I don't know, man. I think Virginia gets it done. I'm, I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna go 31 17. Um, and yeah, I, I do believe then they fire him. Um, maybe not in the next day. What did you say? It's like the Wednesday after. I think like Tuesday or Wednesday, his bio goes from like 12 and a half to 10. Yeah. Um, 
something like that. But yeah, so I think it'd be stupid to not wait a couple more days. Um, one thing I did actually want to ask you guys earlier, though, do you guys feel? Does it feel any different for you guys now that they like that they won last year? Like it definitely does. It does. Yeah, feel like less. It, I feel like there's less pressure. I do um, too. I maybe do it's too. just because it's such a weird season anyway. But like, I, it feels a little less stressful. Yeah, I do. I'm 100. Yeah, I mean it's different. I mean, obviously, like not to take a sad turn, but not having my father-in-law here now to kind of joke around with it make makes it a little different on the personal level. Mm-hmm. But um, and and not having it at Thanksgiving, you know, <laughs> is different. But yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely a little less pressure. Um, although Virginia Tech sucking as much as they have the last few weeks, kind of flipped the pressure a little bit. Um, I think if Virginia Tech was a better team, <laughs> maybe I'd have. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Virginia Tech not being good and their fans saying you should beat us, that kind of puts a little more pressure on it. But, yeah, just like two years ago. Yeah. But like, but also, it's Wednesday. But, like on a typical Tech week on Wednesday, I'm a nervous wreck. Like I, I'm working till four and and then like hanging out for a couple of hours with the family before I even get pre-gamed. That's that's <laughs> that's a sign of things have changed for sure. Well, also, like, I think part of the difference, too, is that I I don't know. Maybe I'm just not circling around the same number of tech fans that you guys are. But I feel like they've just been so much quieter over the last, like, year, two years because their program is just not where it's been. Like, they're not excited about their team. So I think that, like, that's part of it, too, is, like, you don't have to worry about as much crap because they're not happy with it either. So (laughs) I don't know. Um, I'm sure if they lose, you'll hear a lot, but like, you know, it just feels a little, it feels a little different now. It's like, they don't have that albatross around their neck where it's like, if they lose, it just adds to a ridiculously long, you know, black mark. Yeah. Oh man. Let's get to Saturday. Let's just, let's just hope the thing happens. I mean, and I'm, yeah, I'm saying that because I feel like if we are healthy and ready to go, you know, COVID wise, I feel Um, like if I don't say that, you know, I'm jinxing it, but. You know, let's just hope that happens because I'm I'm not yeah, gonna take. I don't have to right get now. together tomorrow to record another <laughs> podcast <laughs> because of Wednesday testing. Yeah, if um if you are somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your shows. And if you are so inclined, give us a rating and review. That always helps to get us out in front of more people. I don't know if you're aware. If you're somebody who found the pod hasn't given us a look yet, check us out CavsCorner.com. I'll see right now. There's co- tons of conversation. Some of which I'm sure I'm going to have to edit um, about the Virginia basketball having to pause activities and the uh, Michigan State game uh, being off and everything. Uh, Ferber closed out the regular season, perhaps, you know, the season itself with uh, a, a great film room breaking down um, the Thorderbacks. I think his use of his his just like just casual use of Thorderback in, in this was I thought was was really impressive. Um because he's not normally a gimmicky kind of person. I'm the of the two of us. I'm the gimmick one, and uh, for for you to to use Thorderback as flawlessly as you did, I thought it was impressive. Hey, I mean, I wouldn't use it if they weren't actually doing what they said they were going to do. And over the last you know three seasons, they've done it. That's so. true. Um, like I mentioned, the Joey Blunt video, which is on the site, uh, courtesy of UVA. Thank you very much. Because pandemic, um, the Pro Football Focus grades I thought were interesting this week. I don't know if you guys checked them out. Like, it did not look the way I expected it to look. I mean, yeah, Armstrong had just a baller week, but everybody else I know just looked different. Um, we did the three, two, one, uh, obviously some game week stuff and, um, we can wrap talking about this week and Ferber's um, take two. It's always good. So give everything, give it all a look. Um, 
the more the merrier. So again, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. Uh, you continue to listen. This is episode 387. I have no idea what you're doing, um, but thank you. Um, and I want to thank Dave and Ferber for being gracious to leave their time as always. Very much appreciate all that they do. So for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of catscorn.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.